And there we go. Welcome, dear listeners, to another episode of <laughs> From Depression to Expression. I was just to say the Oliver Shia show uh, with Andrea Tamas, which I have reached out, I don't know, a year, one and a half years ago. And I think we already agreed to have an interview. Uh, so finally we make it and it might be actually the right timing for me to talk to you because in the pre-show which I still don't have and I'm still working on to have like something live so people can listen into before we start hitting the recording button was transitions so and I'm in a big transition and Andreas told me there were a lot of transitions in her life and another big one coming up so welcome Andrea Thank you so much, Oliver. I'm so excited to be here and to share with you and your audience about my biggest transitions in my life and how I go about them. Like, how do we go through these transitions in a way that we feel empowered, that we come from a place of grace and love and not the scarcity of the unknown that a transition can bring with it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fear factor um, of the unknown. So now I haven't really introduced you. So what are you doing? I mean, you we know we have met on Mindvalley uh, somehow, <laughs> Facebook group or a quest or whatever it was. And you're Romanian and my ex-wife is Romanian, but you live in the US. Uh, but what are you doing? Coaching, right? Or... Yes, I am a coach and actually my business is called Sacred Transitions <laughs> <laughs> because what I do, I help people, I guide them to go through these, I would say more challenging transitions, the biggest transitions in their life, either like moving to a new country, starting or ending a relationship, going through um, the loss of someone close to or literally quitting their job and starting their business. <laughs> so I help them how to go through these transitions in a way that they can actually look back to, to that time in their life and for them to feel proud of the way they showed up. That's a really big factor for me because I feel that many times when we go through these challenging times, we tend to don't show up as our best self. And my purpose and my mission, it's like, how can we actually find the magic in the change while we are in it? So when we look back at it, we are proud of who we have been in that moment. Okay, that beautiful introduction. And um, I mean, of course, I've checked everything out. and But for me, it's 11 at night <laughs> and um, it's dark and everything. You can see that. <laughs> when you watch the video on YouTube, uh, if you listen audio, it's dark. Um, I just said, Andrea, it's kind of weird after the two months of having light until 11, 11.30 to have the darkness. Uh, so I might be a little bit off hook. Who knows? <laughs> because it's so late. And um, let's get started more into my traditional way of, of asking. Um which is, I tend to ask the people which are the first time on my show, on whatever show I have, uh, to describe themselves with three words. Um, 
like there now, right? And uh, mm. why they choose those three words? Yes. Okay. So right now, the words that would define me would be love, challenge, and healing. Oh. And why those three words? Yes. And the first one, the love, <laughs> it's because I feel um, that one of my purposes here is to really um, come from a place of love in everything I'm doing and help others find that love within. The, because everything, it starts with self-love. If we are not able to appreciate and love ourselves then we cannot have that expectation from others around us because those the people around us they treat us no better than how we treat ourselves so i feel like it starts with that with love and when we come from that place of love and we ask ourselves even when we are challenged what would love do right now I feel like it can change the whole trajectory of the action that we are actually taking. Wow, yeah. Um, I have to ask you, when, when, did you, when did you realize that? Do you, do you have I, a moment? Is it like a Satori or a Kencho moment? <laughs> I would say in the last year, um, after I have been through with my partner to a very, very challenging time in my life where uh, he dealt with cancer and I was next to him um, in his last moments. And in those last few weeks, those last few days, uh, I realized that all he was wanting to do and emanating was pure love. He just wanted to give that to everyone around them and receive that. And during the hardest moment in my life, I was able to experience the purest love and to give in such a selfless way because I dedicated myself fully um, to him and to his healing. So in those moments, I realized that all we want as humans is to give and receive love. Like that's the core, that's the essence of what we all want. Wow. And you said that was last year when he was in this really bad situation. Uh, but you had, you know, a boyfriend. So how uh, how is this love different to how you looked at love before that situation, that time? before we we had to deal with this really challenging time all the humanness was coming in you know like all the triggers of like oh i'm doing more you're doing less um and all the things that i feel like we are we are searching within a relationship and in the other person to to fulfill our needs and I feel like I've been a lot in that space where I'm like, just like, oh, he should do that with me. Or I'm expecting him to be in a certain way for me to be happy in, in this relationship. When in fact, when we take a step, step back and we just start looking at ourselves and ask ourselves, like, what is it that I'm really seeking right now? What am I seeking in this relationship? What is it that I need right now? 
And when we are able to come with an answer and ask ourselves, how can I actually give that to myself? Because when you are able to give to yourself whatever you need, then that's when the expectations drop that that person next to you should be in a certain way. It drops and then you are able to see the person next to you for who he really is and not for who you think it should be. Yeah, that that's 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 really deep. I mean, we are from depression to expression, and I think we probably will go deeper in there. Um, but right now, uh, let's let's keep that here and look at the second word, word chal- challenge, right? Challenge, yes. <laughs> um, I feel the way I grow the most uh, in my human self right now, it's by being challenged. For me, challenge equals growth. So I look at like, how can I challenge, um, how can I challenge my beliefs? Like what I perceive about the world, about myself. Like, is, is that belief serving me? How can I challenge myself in a physical way? Like, what can I do to um, push myself out of my comfort zone? Because I know out of the comfort zone is where the growth is. So growth is a huge value for me. And I know in order for me to grow, many times I need to challenge myself. And that means being out of your comfort zone, being out of the ordinary and to become extraordinary. (laughs) <laughs> yeah I, I just see so many mind valley quests here <laughs> um so how much yeah <laughs> should i ask that question uh did you work on mind valley or you were a member i i did and i still do i'm a right now i'm a regional ambassador so i've been a volunteer for quite a few years now and right now i'm a regional ambassador usa ambassador Okay, so how how much did this this challenge mindset um, or growth mindset or personal improvement mindset? I mean, whatever you want to call it, right? And then mm-hmm. all spirituality and business. In the end, the language is the same. It's just the words we use are different. Yes. I mean, I, I, I see it as a business engineer going so deep into spirituality. I'm like, yeah, but we learned that at university uh, when you do business engineering. Uh, but you don't look at it from a spiritual point of view or a mystical point of view. Um, so how did, did this Mind Valley quests and, and teachings change? Me, or was it always there? Was it like little Andrea was always challenging <laughs> everything? Or <laughs> Oh, no, I wish. I wish it would have been there for my whole life. Uh, but I always had this desire of growing and I felt like, Um, the majority of people that I have next to me growing in Romania and then my family and so on, I felt like I'm not in in the same resonance with them because uh, I've always like seen myself like more bold, taking risks and just wanting things differently, you know? And I grew up Catholic, which if you know about religion, Catholic, it's a pretty strict religion. So after I left from home, I had a lot of like shame, guilt around who I'm being as a person. And I'm like, oh my God, I have to be this like 
perfect human being in order for God to love me. So after I left from home, I distanced myself a lot from the church and from the religion because I'm like, I just, it just doesn't feel right. I just don't believe uh, that's how God wants us to feel, to feel that shame and to think that, oh my God, I'm, I'm a sinner. I sin every single day with whatever I'm doing pretty much with the church. So after I had my near-death experience back in 2015, after a year or so, after I got away from the shock and everything that happened and being angry at what happened, I really started my quest of like, oh my gosh, I've been given a second chance on this planet. That means there is a purpose for me. So I really started searching for my purpose. And in 2017, I discovered Valley by just searching on YouTube. <laughs> mindset videos because I had no idea like I never had any entrepreneurs next to me um no like people that were into growth or personal development nothing so I literally like started from zero and that's when I discovered Mind Valley and I immediately like got into it and I can say that Mind Valley it's like the catalyst the beginning of like my transformation because they introduced me to spirituality which I related so much so much to it like to the unity like being all one all connected interconnected and all the things that spirituality gives you that I finally felt free to believe in something bigger than myself yeah I yeah now that you mentioned that Catholic in in, in Romania a lot are orthodox or Greek orthodox yes. uh, Russian orthodox um <clears throat> Yesterday on LinkedIn, someone wrote a part about, and again, right, spirituality, uh, religious, uh, personal growth, whatever you want to call it. And he was <clears throat> saying, uh, look, don't look at, uh, I don't remember exactly how, but something about the bad things in life are bringing so much gold. Uh, I don't mm -hmm. remember his words because I hear it in so many different versions, right? <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. But he's very, he's like, Jesus guided him the prayer to God guided him and that because almost divorce brought him the best marriage ever. Uh, a job, uh, you know, firing on a job got him the, the, the dream job of his life and so on and so forth. Uh, and I could see he's, he, he is praying to God, to Jesus, mm -hmm. to the Bible to, and, and, and you come and say the spirituality uh, was helping you to raise and, and all these things. And today, on YouTube, because I'm I look at near-death experiences and stuff. I had two interviews with people which died, one of them over 10 days every day. And she remembers the first and the last day, and more things came back to her the last year. I haven't talked to her much lately, unfortunately. And so I saw this YouTube video, and um what did I want to say? <laughs> Yeah, it's I'm tired of spirituality um, and religion and who what we believe in. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it was just like that. He was told by nineteen different clairvoyant or, or seers that he was walking on earth with Jesus as one of his apostles, mm -hmm. and uh, he was a Catholic, but not really deep, uh, and he he didn't really believe it. But there were people 
doing some reading for someone and they stopped doing the reading, went directly to him and said, you walk with Jesus. And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> right. <laughs> so he did a past life regression with hypnosis and he was there when Jesus was put on the cross. And, and it is really like this. Uh, it doesn't matter what, what you believe in, right? If, 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 if no. it's spirituality, if it's religion, if it's personal growth, and I just mentioned this one, it, it, it just came up in my head now because of, of, of what you mentioned. And ah, yeah, exactly why. Because you said you felt like you had the, the need to be perfect. That's why it came up. Yeah. Um, he remembers parts, right, uh, of Jesus and his resurrection after dying and stuff like that. And he said, for Buddhists, that's normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and all these kind of things. And he said, just like Jesus's teachings were so simple that humans could not understand them. They had to make them complicated. And that's how religion started. Yes. Because Jesus was basically love, right? Mm-hmm. Love yourself, love the others, come from love. Basically, that's it. Yeah. And of course, there's more to that. But that's the core of it. And, and that's what you hear from many spiritual teachers, which also like Eckhart Tolle and... Arun Apke, which has also been very deep in Catholic and then went East and then went the, the law of one from Ra and whatever, and then puts all together. And then it's really all that Jesus was the one coming from the heart, from love, Buddha or the Buddha, <laughs> whatever his name was, I don't remember, was coming from the mind. And I don't remember where the others come. So, so yeah, the, the, the Catholic should be coming more from the heart and less putting fear into your heart that you're not perfect, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's like, you know, everyone is going to have a different experience with like being Catholic, with spirituality, with whatever it is, because it's based on where we grew up, on the society, on our family. And there are so many different factors that is going to influence that. So it's not a matter of like comparing your journey or thinking, oh, I should be spiritual or I should be Catholic or believe in a certain thing. It's really like going on your own journey and see what is it that resonates with you? What is it that feels good for you? Because for me, it's like I believe there is a higher power and it doesn't matter how you name it yeah you can call it god the divine divine universe uh whatever you want like i believe in all i believe there is just a higher power that there is way more than what we are able to see physically with our eyes and by believing in that by having that faith and that higher power connection it helps me go through life uh with so much more faith purpose and love that's what it is for me. And as long as I can come from that and not from a place of like judging fear and you should be in a certain way or thinking that my way is right and yours it's wrong. Yeah. That, that, that's, it really doesn't matter. Yeah, that's that's the other thing he also mentioned, right? That the religion then started saying my way is the right way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now I just opened unfortunately i opened the news and i shouldn't do that it's just when i'm bored and i want to distract myself i open the news and like putin is the evil and europe is the good i'm like who knows why why are we saying we are the ones right and they are the ones wrong and 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 we have 
we had so many years where that, that wasn't actually really so strong. But since Corona, I have the feeling this I'm right, you're wrong has been increasing again. Mm-hmm. We have been separated. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, hey, but people, there's not a there's not a universal truth. Unfortunately, not. At least that's what I learned through my journey the last three years with Mind Valley, that mm-hmm. there is not a universal truth. Because as you said, we have our upbringing, we have our cultural, our studies, our parents, our friends, our the movies we watched, <laughs> the books we read, um, the people we listen to on podcasts, <laughs> whatever mm-hmm. you want, which influence how we perceive the world, which then gives the truth for us, but there might be so many subjects between Andrea and me where your truth is different than my truth. So now yeah. which truth is the right one. And, and then we have another two, three people coming with it. And then we have a big mix. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's what I've learned throughout these last years. It's really like so important not to label Uh, things as being good or bad or I'm right you are wrong you know and really allow yourself to go into the world into a conversation with an open mind where you are able to hold other people's perspectives it doesn't mean you have to agree with them or accept them it's just looking at it like that's purely their perspective that's their truth that doesn't mean it's yours as well and knowing to separate the truth and not taking it personally when someone's truth doesn't align with yours. <laughs> yeah, I, I just have a few questions, which I don't take now. I write them down uh, on that subject there. Um, let's let's look at the healing part because I love love, challenge and healing. Um, what is the healing or where's mm. the healing coming from? <laughs> Yeah, so my healing started a few years ago um, when I started on this personal development. And the reason I started on this path was because for many years, I was very numb. I couldn't feel anything. Like, no matter what was happening in my life, either good or bad, if we want to label it that way, the experience <laughs> that I was having, I was not able to feel neither joy or sadness or whatever it is. And then I started asking myself, like, why is that? And I was like in a constant search uh, for the external happiness. You no, know, like, oh my gosh, when I'm going to have that job, that's when I'm going to be happy. When I'm going to make that, that much money, that's when I'm going to be happy. And I was like, constantly looking and postponing my happiness in the future hoping those things are gonna help me feel something it's like opening a door what did you feel like it's opening a door or it's filling up a gap or what was it i i was hoping it's going to to fill a gap the the and the gap for me was like no feelings, <laughs> no expression in this lifetime. And it, it's such a sad way to live that way because while, yes, I'm, it was hard for me to get hurt because I was not able to really get attached or these kind of things, it was also the fact that I wasn't able to feel the joy, feel the excitement, feel the love and give it back to others. 
And the numbness, it was like a coping mechanism that I developed at 14 years old when my mom left from home and I was, uh, I was left with my father and one of my brothers. And at 14 years old, I had no idea how to deal with what was going on. So I did what I knew best, which was shutting myself off and numbing myself so I'm not feeling the huge pain that was going on in my life. And then at 20 something years old, I realized that that's not the way I want to continue living. So I started doing a lot of digging and starting working with a lot of healers, therapists, and I've done a lot of different modalities in the hope of starting feeling again. And I did. I think I've had a year after I started my healing journey, a year where I was just crying almost every single day. And I didn't even know why, because I started opening myself up and all the pain, all the sadness, the anger that I suppressed for so many years, it started coming to the surface. Uh, And that preparation, go ahead. Uh, Yeah, it was just like when you said you, you, you in the first moment you cried and you didn't know why and then you went deeper when did you realize it was because you closed in when your mom left uh so the first time it was when i was 21 years old and it was the first time i came to the states in the summer and we were like the summer was ending everyone was saying goodbyes and a friend of mine was like oh my god everyone was crying and I was the only one that was like oh it was great but that's it and she was like it's not normal that you're actually not feeling anything right now when everyone is so sad we are separating so that was the first time it was like brought to my awareness to start questioning like why am I really not feeling anything because I just thought like oh that's how I am and I'm just a tough person that doesn't really attach you know and that doesn't really feel much I thought that's how I am and then after I started working with with healers and I started being doing like hypnosis uh and all these things it took me back to oh the fact that I'm not really feeling much it's because I numb myself uh and through the hypnosis going to with a subconscious mind and so on it took me back to when I was uh 14 so I did a lot of like journaling introspection and really the most important thing I would say is for you to want to go there because once you start digging it (laughs) and you start going to those places that you have suppressed and ignored for so many years it's gonna be really hard because as I said I think I had a year when I cried almost every single day and there were moments where I just didn't even know why I'm crying I'm like I just feel like crying I don't know why but I just want to cry and to allow yourself to give yourself permission to cry without judging it, without making it wrong that you are crying and knowing that crying means, means releasing. Hmm. So that's, that's how it started for me. And now continuing on this healing journey, um, from this trauma that I just had with my partner, that what we have been through in the last year, uh, where I was his caregiver for a full year, 
Um, and then for him transitioning on the other side, uh, it's been a huge impact in my life. And what I'm really aware of right now, it's like, I don't want to numb myself again. So being on this healing journey of allowing myself to feel everything that comes so I don't go into the same place that I've been before. Yeah, yeah, but that's, you You probably did that, that reinforcement before you were aware that you actually numbed yourself, right? And now yes. you, you became aware that you were numbing yourself because you wanted your mom as, you know, as a 14-year-old girl, not yet fully grown up to emotionally or whatever physically mm-hmm. teaching you um now you were aware that you do that um that that is that is really deep uh wow <laughs> and another thing i want to say about healing it's really not to look at it that it's a one and done thing I feel like once we start on the healing journey, it's something we go through for the rest of our life because there are always going to come things our way. Life is going to throw things at us that is going to help us grow and we're going to have the opportunity to heal things within us, I think, for the rest of our time being on this planet. Because I know when I started on my healing journey, I was like, oh my God, I'm just going to work with this healer. I'm going to do a few sessions or some hypnosis and whatever, and I'm going to be healed. And I don't want you to fall into the same trap that I did because it's really like a constant dedication and work towards that. And it doesn't have to be hard work. You know, I don't want you to look at healing that, oh my God, is this thing that I have to do for the rest of my life? And it's so hard. No, it's like, how can you look at it with like curiosity, with actually like, how can I make my healing fun, like pleasurable? Because healing doesn't have to be just pain and crying. It has also the other side of it, which is the beauty that when you open your heart, the feelings that you get to feel when you're like, oh my God, I feel for the first time, I'm able to like feel oneness, to feel like pure love for the first time in my life. And that's the other side that comes with the healing. Uh, yeah, I was, while you explained it, I'm, I can see for me, it's also like I'm like, there's, there's many, many things coming up. Like one is like the green and the red pill from the matrix, right? As soon as you start to realize um, that this is a lifelong journey because life is bringing up the next challenge, the next trauma, the next part you have to heal. And if you he- have healed your life's trauma, past life things will come or ancestral things will come up. And you don't know why you suddenly have these issues because there's nothing in your life that shows until then you go to whatever family sessions and family settings and whatever they're called and other shamans and like oh your grandfather down your mother's side has blah 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 and or whatever 10 generations i mean there's like the emotional code uh, i was watching a thing and like 12 generations down your father's side they have this and this trauma and that's why you feel like that and she's like jesus <laughs> it makes sense um but it also feels like oh fuck it's you know it feels like a heavy cloak but it shouldn't be Uh, if you make it a heavy cloak it will be a heavy cloak 
if you make it a fluture, <laughs> if you make it a butterfly, a it, butterfly will be, yeah. it will be like a butterfly. It will be like, wow, what can I, what can I release next time? And, 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 and that's where I am. I'm, I'm really swinging between the heavy lead cloak, uh, which mm. is really dragging me down for... Sometimes I actually can see I'm really down for half a day and then I'm really good for another two days. Sometimes I'm down for three, four, five days. Uh, and then I'm only good for half a day. But I have the feeling for me lately goes shorter and shorter. But it's it's not so good for some friends when you're when they write to me something how you are when I'm down because then like I'm mm-hmm. fully in the victim mode and then I get like all these messages. Don't be in the victim and blah blah blah, whatever I tell you. <laughs> but but they get shorter and shorter these episodes. So it's it's really like <laughs> I did a quest with uh about intuition the sixth sense what's her name again Crockett. Uh, it's a, like the american canadian girl she's older she's living it's from sonia. sonia is her name yeah sonia yeah she's also romanian in whatever generations back she's mentioning it in one of her classes she had to go to romania and she was not sure and she listened to the intuition and stuff like that so it's it's really funny she's really listening to whatever comes through whatever i'll do it it sounds completely wrong i'm waiting here the airplane left but the airplane comes back and there's space for her to get back on the airplane right and she says i wonder it's like a door opener right mm-hmm. like and, and michael beckwith we talked about before he's also what is a what beauty lays on the other side of this darkness that is presenting itself um yeah. these are probably two things you can help to remove the heavy lead cloak a bit and yeah. look at it more in in wonder um yeah red pill green pill that and yes as i said there were so many things now i talked myself out of my thoughts but what comes up now <laughs> was when you said crying is a release right it's mm-hmm. it's not something bad and i'm just thinking sometimes of my daughter she's crying a lot and then i'm thinking what what is it but she's also judged by her mother. And I know her mother doesn't mean bad. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, why is it emotional, blah, blah, blah? Why do you always cry? And I can see it affected her brother, mm-hmm. which has a harder time to cry. And you're a woman, right? And I'm a man. And um, it was in 2019 when I went to a retreat where I just could finally cry. Mm-hmm. There was a man, which I'm going to hopefully meet next Monday. Um, we plan to meet so I can help him. And I didn't know him. And I just started, I had to hug him because I was crying. I'm like, you know, that that energy he must have transmitted of love and unconditional and non-judgmental um, beingness. And for me, it was just like the allowance that I was able to go to retreat. That was before I found Mind Valley. Actually, I found Mind Valley just after that. <laughs> so the doors opened, right? The synchronicities yeah. and the next path. So... You know, like this, I was holding it back. I still don't know why I was holding back the crying. Um, and I know many times when I watch a movie, I need to cry, but I cannot. Mm. And I try to open up more and more, right? I just because now I'm alone, right? So, uh, so this is really a release. Yeah, and I, I want to encourage you and your listeners to really like ask yourself and be curious about that, you know, like wonder why why do I have a hard time crying? What, what do I tell myself about 
when someone is crying or when I'm crying. So really be curious and do only a bit maybe of journaling or meditation around it to see what beliefs you are holding around it. Because a lot of times, especially as you said, as a man, <laughs> like you have been told it's not okay to cry. And when someone cries, automatically you, you try to go to that person and be like, oh my God, why, why are you crying? Like asking them, why are you crying? And perceiving it as being something bad, that something bad happened. But if we are able to redefine how we look at crying and be like, oh, my God, it's so beautiful that you are crying because you are releasing whatever it is that you are holding within your body, in your energy field right now. And you allow yourself, you give yourself that space, that permission to do that. And especially when you do it with other people around you. Oh, my God. It's like you don't only gift yourself that but you gift other people the space of being vulnerable and being okay with that and I just did that recently when I went to a music festival and I was talking with uh with a woman with a therapist and I found out she's a therapist and we just <laughs> we had like a deep conversation and I shared with her about my partner and how I was telling her that we were supposed to be together at that music festival. And that's why I went. And when I shared that with her, I just started crying. And she was like, oh, my God, thank you so much for being vulnerable and for opening yourself up. Because it just gives people permission to, to just be like, it's okay. We are all humans. We all experience different things and it's okay to cry. It's okay to be vulnerable. Wow. Yeah. And, and so my question to you is now, right. Um, for what you shared with, if you see someone else crying, what do you think are like the one, two, three things we can do to actually support it? One thing that came to my mind while I had yeah, the question while you talked was, mm -hmm. um, kind of ask if if uh, what is the word i had the word in my head <laughs> or the feeling it's like to be the channel or to help that person to actually release the energy something like yeah. that came to my mind but how do you do that not everyone is on a spiritual or religious path many say science is my religion right so they're not really up to these kind of things yeah so how do you and go to that person? You don't have to. You don't have to be on a spiritual path in order for you to hold space. I, I would say what we need the most when we are in a vulnerable place is for the other person to hold space and not try to fix it. Because a lot of times when someone is crying or is vulnerable, we just try to be like, oh, my God, why are you crying? Let me try to help you fix this. <laughs> a lot of times that's not what we need. We just need to feel what we are feeling. And if, if, if it happens for you to be next to it, like hold space for it. And a, a way to hold space, safe space, it would be like, it's okay. It's okay to cry. I am here for whatever you need me and not trying to solve it because we, we tend to go into the solving mode right away. 
Like, how can I help this person? And sometimes the best way to help someone is to hold that safe space and tell them it's okay to cry. And it's safe for them to cry because a lot of times people don't feel safe to cry because they're like, the other person is going to judge me. They're going to perceive me as being weak. It's not okay to cry. So they don't feel safe. And because of that, they hold back. Yeah. And now (laughs) my inner voice said, but it's the same for the other side to laugh, to dance, to move weirdly. I mean, oh, just now with Sonia Koshet, um, she also said, uh, because I was like, well, I did the course, everything was fine. Now everything is out of my head besides the I wonder. And I actually want to have a tattoo here on my left hand, which is says, which says I wonder. So I don't, re- but one thing she also said is like doing like, ah, uh, mm, ha, ha, to move in weird ways and dance freely for two, three minutes for yourself in whatever way you want to release, right? But we also feel judged by people if we do that outside. Or better said, we judge people when we see them dancing in weird ways. I was like, have you seen that person? Why is he doing that? Why is they laughing like that? Don't they see they annoy other people? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And how I look at judgment... And from what I've learned is that judgment is something that comes automatic. It's like, it's in our human nature that judgment, it is going to happen no matter what. We're going to judge others and others are going to judge us. It's not something that we really can stop, but it's something that you can become aware of. And for example, when you judge other people, it's like, what is the the weight and the meaning you give to that are you just gonna look at like oh it's just a thought i don't really care to dwell on this or give it any power and you let it pass or you're like oh my gosh like that person what is doing and you go into a spiral no a negative spiral and it's the same with other people like when they judge you it's like i know we put a lot of weight on what other people think and say about us. And unfortunately, that's how we've been programmed to care more about what others think and say about us and what we perceive as being true to ourselves. So it's really like when you are afraid of other people's judgment to remember that you've heard this so many times that people judge no matter what, even if you are doing something right or wrong from your perspective and to ask yourself like what does it feel true to me to do right now not what other people want you to do or you think it's like it's even with that is the stories we create in our mind it's like what we think people expect from us but we don't even know like the the truth of that what people expect from us it's just the stories we create in our mind about it yeah the stories and the perception so let's go away from the crying and judging (laughs) and let's go back a little bit to the transitions i have more introduction questions you know that was just the introduction question we worked on (laughs) um so you mentioned near-death experience you know the passing of your partner now we heard the story a bit there 
it's um, when we talked before for the preparation or chatted, you also said depression, that's something you can share about. So what is the story you can share around depression? Is it the numbness you already shared or is it something? So I have two around that. And the first one, um, which I didn't even realize, the first depression I had was when my mom left uh, at 14 years old. And I didn't realize that I was depressed at that time. Um, but my reactions around that was, I remember I didn't have, um, a safe space where to cry. I didn't have anyone around me to support me emotionally. Like I felt very, very lonely in that time. And I remember, uh, during the night when I was feeling so, overwhelmed by what was going on with my mom with my dad I remember just like putting my head into the pillow and screaming into the pillow and crying so no one can actually hear me because during the day I was just showing this really tough person that oh I'm good I'm a good kid you know I'm responsible I've got it all together that was the the mask I was wearing and in the night I would just feel where I would just ask God because I was connecting with God at that moment. Like, why is this happening? Why, why is this happening to me? Because at that moment I was like, I'm the victim and this is happening to me. So my depression was really at that moment, the numbness, the not having the emotional support And I didn't have anyone to talk to about what was going on. So because of that, I internalized everything inside my body. That's why when I started the healing journey, it it was so hard because everything was suppressed in my body. And then the second moment I dealt with depression was actually when I moved to United States. I was 24 years old when I decided I'm doing it. I'm moving here. I have no family, no friends, no nothing. But I had this big pull of like moving to United States. And one reason for that was because my mother and my brothers were living in uh, Italy and my father in Romania. And I always felt that I am like in between them. And I'm like, I don't want to choose neither one of you. I'm going far away. (laughs) So it was also like a form of escape for me. And after I moved to the States, uh, into the place where I'm at right now, Lake Tahoe, it was like a 180 change for me. Like I started working super hard. I didn't have friends, um, no traveling. It was like a totally different lifestyle than what I had in Romania, where I was surrounded by thousands of friends. I was having a lot of fun. I was traveling. So my life like drastically changed. And the first year after I moved here with no friends, uh, I was just asking myself constantly, like, have I done the right decision to move here? Because it was so hard. It was such a hard transition. I couldn't relate to people, to food, to, it was like everything. It was so different. And I was like constantly asking myself, have I done the right decision to move here? But then I would remind myself, I always have the the possibility to go back 
if I don't like it. So I knew I always had that possibility, but I told myself, I'm going to give it a try and I'm going to do my best to, to make it work. And I did, but it was very hard. And the depression was like no family, no friends, working super hard, all kinds of different jobs that I didn't necessarily enjoy, but I did it because we do that, especially when we move to a new place and just dealing with all those changes that are coming from different way and not having the tools, you know, because at that moment I didn't have any tools. I didn't know how to deal again with those big changes and transitions in my life. Wow. So yeah, you said at 21, you had the first experience that you were numb. So the first part of depression was kind of, did, when did you start doing this trauma healing therapy? Was that at 21 or was that after the? No, it was uh, back in 2017 when I was actually introduced, like when I found Mind Valley, and from there slowly I started like oh connecting and being introduced to this world of like healers and hypnosis and all these things. Uh, probably like 2018, 19. It's when I started on on more of this healing journey. Oh like me but you seem much uh, lighter than <laughs> for me it was 2018 nine yeah 18 i started with nada um acupuncture mm. and cognitive training you know change the negative thoughts to positive thoughts uh while my therapist from the city was doing the metacognitive training and she's like oh you know it's not negative or positive thoughts it's thinking too much which makes it depressed or many people. That's why the mad scientists and the creative people and the intelligent people are normally the ones which are more depressed because they think more. And yeah. not necessarily negative, but um, it eventually goes negative, right? Because you don't stop thinking. So it just continues. Um, mm -hmm. That was for me 18, 19, I started. I also did two hypnosis, but I didn't see anything. It was just being there for one, one and a half hours and just being really relaxed. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, she was actually surprised how relaxed I could be but it wasn't anything that I saw or felt anything um, I don't know if that's just the way of hypnosis I had or if it's just the layers of blockages I have that uh, yeah. but that means basically you went through two depressions before you even started um, any healing process yes. so, so what is depression for you you mentioned a few things like suppressed feelings and emotions mm. in your body but how would you describe in your words depression mm. so for me it was really like i was overthinking i was such an overthinker <laughs> i was overthinking i was not able to be in touch with myself with my feelings i was not able to be by myself like i was constantly looking for distractions to be with other people, to, to not have the opportunity to just be with my feelings and with my thoughts. That was like another thing for myself um, where like I had no relationship with myself. <laughs> and now I'm a big believer and that's a huge factor on how we interact with the world or based on the relationship you are creating with yourself. So 
those things and then the fact that for me like finding all kind of distractions and for me was always busyness like I was like either working super hard studying super hard like some busyness and not finding happiness in anything like no matter what's happening no matter if you are accomplishing if you are achieving no matter what's going on you are not really finding happiness so you are just keep searching keep searching for for that happiness outside yourself and getting disappointed over and over again so so yeah the depression is basically externalizing happiness yes that's how it was for me yeah and and as you said overthinking because it tried to so it's basically called ADHD right yes <laughs> right <laughs> um, sometimes i ask myself i mean i i'm diagnosed super heavy ADHD and uh, the university hospital or whatever it is said one and a half years ago or something like that that i will not be able to work at the place um full time only if i find the right people and the right work to do and like yes obviously because i don't change the mindset but if i can change the mindset then uh but they don't look at it that way right no. you you're you're labeled and um so that's why i like the shamanic way or the traditional chinese medicine or mm -hmm. the ayurvedic way or whatever native americans they all look at it different they say there's you're not or Einstein, don't judge a fish for climbing a tree. Yeah. <laughs> How many times do we hear that? And yet, I'm over and over judged again. And I think in my case, I started to do the overthinking. I don't know what was in your case, the overthinking. I mean, you said you were looking for the, the happiness mm -hmm. on the outside. But do you know when you go deeper down where that comes from? Mm. So for me, overthinking, when I look back, it was due to the fact that I wasn't really able to trust myself, trust my abilities, trust the um, ability to make decisions and trust and go with my own decisions. Like I was constantly when I was when I had to make a decision, especially if it was a bigger decision in my life, I would like talk with everyone around me to give me an answer instead of me taking the responsibility for my own life that was easier i would just be like give me the answer so if it goes wrong i'm not gonna blame myself <laughs> i'm gonna say oh i just did whatever my friend advised me <laughs> so it's like constantly giving your power away to these other people to, and then you just live a life that it's based on what other people think you should do. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, you're a very big mirror for all the people which understand what I mean with that. Um, and so, so you went to the astrology. So you read the astrology today. I should not go out without an uh, umbrella and cross the street, which is busy. Uh, uh, then you had the all-season uh, astrology. You went to a mentalist. You went to whatever, right, to tell you exactly what to do. Yeah. Uh, then how do I form that? Jeez, that's, that's so weird. And, you know, after doing the sixth sense with Sonia, 
Uh, when she said the intuition comes in kind of energy, it's not really a word. It's not really a picture. It's not right. For some people, it's clairvoyance, clairaudience, clair whatever. And for me, it's kind of like a, and, and the question is also like that. I'm like, fuck, how do I put that in words now? <laughs> um, um, let's, let's try to find out. You, you, you externalize the decisions for your life. So you live the life other people saw you to do because they were judging you oh look at andrea she's such a cute girl and blah 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 she should not work on a construction site or be a bodybuilder right for example yep. but that's been your path I, I don't see it like that when i look at you but so they have according to jeffrey allen right they looked at the, the pictures which are hanging around your aura which then filtered plus their own pictures which filter everything they see and gave you advice and you took it yeah And the question is, <laughs> how did you take back your life to know who you are? Because listening to other people, you do not know who you are anymore, right? Oh, 100%. I had no idea who I am. I had no idea. Like for so many years, if you would ask me, like, who are you? What are your values? What do you believe in? I couldn't give you an answer. I didn't know because everything I have done, it was just living based on what other people uh, were believing, was believing is right or wrong. So I had no, no idea who Andrea is. So for me, it was really going on a, on a discovery and asking myself, like doing meditation, taking time in stillness, taking time to do activities by myself, which was huge for me. Like, why to just go on a hike by myself, just go on a movie, just go on a dinner, just like do things by myself with anyone. That was like a huge revelation for me. And then really like going into this like personal development stuff, things like doing courses where I'm doing all kinds of exercises to be like, okay, what are your values? And then I had to do that from like many different angles throughout the years to find out what my values are and knowing that our values, they change in time based on who we are in that moment, what our priorities are. So not getting attached to, oh my God, these are my values for the rest of my life and I'm just going to live with them. No, like staying flexible and knowing that your values are going to adapt and change based on how you are changing hmm. so doing a lot of introspection and being curious you know and then when I had to do a decision and I still find myself in those situations don't get me wrong it's not like oh right now guys I'm perfect and I'm great no I'm actually just faced right now with a really big decision on if I'm if right now is the right timing for me to do ayahuasca or not, because my energy healer just told me, Andrea, it's not good because you're in such a raw, vulnerable space because your partner just transitioned a few months oh. ago. It's not the best for you. So my answer, it didn't even take a millisecond. And I just said, yes, uh, inside my, it just came, the yes came like out, like, like <laughs> who am I to say? Um, <laughs> yeah so i'm still dealing with those things but it's like going constantly back within and be like 
what does it feel right to me? Like tapping into your heart, tapping into your intuition. And I know if you are like me, you're like, oh, I'm so tired of hearing that. Sometimes you're like, just give me a freaking answer. You know, you just want an answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, write your own story. And yeah, I, you, you're just like such a big mirror. I mean, I, I'm, I mean, it was meant that we didn't talk for a year, right? I mean, otherwise <laughs> I wouldn't see it all. Uh, it's just like a copy of me uh, in those things. Not that my mom left that when I was 14 or something, but, you know, like this, asking everyone else, um, doing all these different quests to find an answer. And like, yeah, why do you all these things? Because I want to find out how to get in there, in this fucking heart, in this belly. So it gives me an answer when I want to know what to do because I don't know. But the more yeah. you say, I don't know, the more you close the more in. you right? don't know. And you reinforce that. You just reinforce that belief. I don't know. I don't know. And you just focus on that. And by doing that, you are blocking the intuition. You are blocking the answers. So it's like, for me, like what I'm planning to do even today, it's like going into stillness. Going into stillness and really feel in my body what does it feel right for me and the way to do that it's like when for example for me when I say I'm gonna go to ayahuasca does it feel like contracted like does it do I feel fear or do I feel like when I say I'm gonna go to ayahuasca it feels like expanded it feels like excitement like how does it feel in your body because our body holds a lot of wisdom and can hold a lot of answers yeah and that's again sorry that i go back to sonia now that you that i look at you uh she's like the intuition will have the sparkle in the eyes and the smile on the lips yeah. and the barking dog which is our ego with the untrained barking dog will be like and there will be no life in the eyes and there will be no smile in the face and mm -hmm. just when you had this example even though you try to say i mean on the video at least for me it seems yeah. like when you talk like I shouldn't go because I feel heavy, you you still had this smile in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to say. Um, you you're more light when you when you talk. That's yeah. what I see. Um, and I don't want to influence you on yes, I know. And it's like for me, Ayahuasca, it's a challenge. Yes, it's like I know it can go either way, and it can take me like into my darkest place to see all the shadows or I can have this blissful experience and going in it it's a matter like as I was talking today with my therapist it's being okay with no matter what the outcome is so releasing the expectations of how it should look like this experience yeah you have to be open because I did ayahuasca uh, 2019 before I started <laughs> between my retreat and uh, Mind Valley uh, it probably opened me up to some of these things more but I was fearful in my subconscious and that mm. blocked the whole thing and yeah. where intention goes energy flows I mean for me it started with you know I started seeing fractals and stuff and then I started seeing skulls I'm like, seriously, do I have to have a horror trip? And then the skulls were just puffing away. And then it was like a, a mushroom trip I did to, I never took mushrooms before, but I took it like a month before to kind of learn to let go into, you know, a hallucinogen. I'm like, I did a mushroom trip before. Why do I get the same again? And then that was gone as well. 
So, so um, you get what you ask for, kind yeah. of, right? But that's with the whole life. If we, we yeah. go away from, from now, uh, when, if you want to listen to more about ayahuasca, that's like two or three episodes ago. <laughs> When I talked to Andres, which I met on my ayahuasca trip, he's um, he's doing a um, a network so people can find um, integrational therapists. So when you have done San Pedro, ayahuasca, LSD, whatever it is for yeah. spiritual growth, or even though if you just did it for fun and it ended up with you seeing yourself, right? And um, you don't know where to go because you're fearful to go to a doctor because they will put you into a yeah, locked in room or whatever yeah. <laughs> or give you antidepressants or do you hear voices? I'm like, yeah, my granddad, this is all true, right? So so he does that. So then listen to that episode. I don't remember episode number 20 or something. We are talking now to Andrea. Not that I don't want to talk about ayahuasca, believe me. <laughs> Um, you also mentioned something which I'm listening to a lot. It's the NDE, near-death experience. I um, mm-hmm. was a bit confused when people said NDE, NDE. I'm like, what the fuck are they talking? Near-death near experience in this case. Uh, if you work in a production, it means something completely else. Uh, if you're a doctor, it again means something else. And if you're a lawyer, I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> so... What was that? 2015, near-death experience. Yeah, 2015, yeah. It's a story that for many years I had a hard time saying because of the shame and guilt associated with it. So uh, back in 2015, I was having one year since I moved to the United States. I moved to the States in 2014. And I went with my partner who transitioned a few months ago. I went to a music festival in uh, Las Vegas, which is called EDC, a huge music festival. So what we did was the majority of people do at these festivals, we took uh, a substance (laughs) uh, called Molly Ecstasy. You can find it under different forms. And what I didn't know at that time, because until I moved to the U.S., I never did any type of drugs, not with nothing. So I was like so clean, so pure in that space. Um, and when I when I did Molly at that time, I didn't know that I'm allergic. So I was allergic to a substance that that drug had methamphetamine, which is found in other uh, forms as well. And I ended up having a seizure, having a seizure and being in a coma for two days where I barely remember that night experience. Uh, I know more of what my partner told me about because he was next to me and he literally saved my life that night because he called the ambulance. He resuscitated me because I almost uh, choked with my own mama and I barely remember it. And it's not only from that night, but from that moment, I I forgot a lot of things from the past. Like a lot of my memories pretty much got erased. And after that comma, I lived, I would say like a whole entire year with a lot of fear, a lot of fear that, oh my God, am I gonna be normal again? 
because once you have a seizure, the risk of having it again, it's there. You can always have it. And I was like, am I going to be normal again? I had terrible headaches for like a whole year. And I'm like, is it something bad neurologically going on in my brain that I'm not aware of? Uh, and then the medical bills, which I didn't have insurance at that time. And if you know anything about medical here in the States, you know, you go to the hospital without having an insurance, you are in debt for the rest of your life. So I was having huge medical bills that I had to deal with. So having, and then the shame, the shame, because I was like, I'm so shameful. I took a drug and because of that, I almost died. So I didn't say that I didn't say the truth to almost anyone around me. Like I was telling to my friends and family that, oh, I had a food poisoning and that's why I was in the hospital. I didn't say the truth for many years because of that shame and guilt associated with taking a drug. And because of that, I almost died. So I had to deal with a lot, a lot of things, a lot of emotions after and physical pain after that near death experience where the doctors literally said, Andrea, you are so lucky you are still alive. And the fact that you don't have any repercussions on your body. Because when you have a seizure, it's so easy to have the left, the right side, something in your body not to function normal anymore. So at the beginning, I was super angry, super angry at myself, angry at the medical, angry at the doctors, angry at everything. Yeah. <laughs> and after a year or so, after I was able to assess better that's when i started realizing that oh my god money are nothing money they come and go like money you can make them you can make as much as you want because i was mad that i had to pay thousands and thousands of dollars in medical bills and i'm like money are nothing those doctors literally saved my life and that's not something you can buy with money so I'm like, I'm so freaking lucky that I'm still alive. And that's when, when I started changing the way I looked at that experience, that's when I started searching for my purpose and be like, there has to be a reason why I'm still here on this planet, why I was given a second chance. And I started looking at it in that way instead of like, oh my God, I cannot believe that happened to me and I have to pay that much. And mm -hmm. now I have these repercussions on my body and, you know, all these things. I shifted the way I looked at it. And that changed the, again, the trajectory of my life. Yeah, I can see like 2015, 16, 17, you came into Mind Valley. So, like you said, yeah, 15, it happened. It took you a year. So after that, you basically found Mind Valley, or yes, I, I started like looking onto online courses. I'm like, I want to do something else than what I'm doing right now. And I was working in the restaurant industry, but I didn't know what. I'm like, I know there is something more I want to do, but I don't know what. So I started on like just going online without knowing anyone or anything and just starting buying courses i pretty much just started investing blindly in myself without knowing in who how and so on and i can look at those investments uh, like oh my god i wasted so much money 
because there are a lot of courses I bought and never used, or I can look at it like, oh, I bought that course who introduced me to this next thing, introduced me to the next step, introduced me to the next person. And I choose to look at it that way and to look at like, oh, if I'm taking one thing, one lesson out of it, then I took what I needed from that course because I used to shame myself a lot from buying courses and not like finalizing them, not finishing them. <laughs> so there's more shame coming on there. Yeah. So shame is one of these energies you have let go or you still have to let go? <laughs> uh, I would say in the majority of places of my life, I had to let go of and it's still showing up because guys, when we have this, this low vibrational emotions, energies, it's not that, oh, I became aware and I let go of it and it's not showing up anymore. That, that's not it. You become aware, it can show up in different areas in your life, but then it's like how how much power you give it and how long do you stay in it? And it's something you were saying, Oliver, that sometimes you stay in your low points half a day. Sometimes you stay a few days. And it's just a matter of like, how long are you staying in that emotion? And then the faster you move out of it, it means that you have worked a lot around it and releasing it, but it doesn't mean when we release it, it's never going to show up again. It's like, how long do you stay in it? Yeah, it's kind of like testing, right? If, um, oh, now it's too late for my Duolingo evening class. Damn it, my Romanian today I didn't do Romanian. Um, <laughs> I just looked at the watch. No, it, it just came up because you said it, and then Duolingo came up because... Um, <clears throat> I try to do a 30-day sequence. I, I, I do it since 2013, 14, but my daughter is like 80 days because they were traveling. So I'm like, I'm going to beat her. Uh, and, and, and there's also this, you know, you learn the new words, the new grammar, and it's repeated a lot, right? In the beginning, you get a lot. I mean, I do Spanish again. I did it Spanish from German or from English, and I said German, and now I'm back on English because... My German, even though I'm Swiss German, somehow I feel more comfortable. And I come on, I got it. Yo hablo, du hablas, ya habla, el habla. Um, and yo tengo, tu tienes, blah, blah. Uh -huh. I, I got the system, so stop telling me. But, <laughs> and eventually, right, in Romanian, I'm much further um, because I did more. And eventually it comes up again. Right. So it's the same with these emotions or these feelings or these experiences. You will be presented them a lot until you're like, I got it. Okay, thank you. I got it. I, I know it's your soy, not your estoy, uh, estas, your soy. Right. And I got it. But down the road, it will come up again. Ah, I just tested you. And then it will come again. And you're like, you just answered soy. Right. And, and then it's gone, right? So because now it's not bothering you, but in the beginning it's like your soy, your estas, your right. You 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 ponder on it. Uh, but of course, for me, working hard, going to the fitness center, or learning a language or math, it's easier. It's these life lessons for me are kind of a mystery, to be honest, because I'm presented to them. I had lots of interviews. A lot of classes, and I'm like, 
how the fuck have I still not understood that? I mean, I've learned a lot because I can see the mirror you give me mm-hmm. in many things. And I'm amused sometimes about friends which tell me like, Oliver, you just put it back on me. This is wrong. I did this. I'm like, yeah, I just told you that you do the same. And you don't even realize that just by the message you sent me now that you do exactly what I said. As a, mm-hmm. I thought neutral, informative way. Um, so I'm starting to be amused, but still, right? So for the for the listeners, um, some people get it fast. I have friends, they never did any personal growth or spiritual anything. And they sat down, like a friend of mine, Spanish, <laughs> he sat down, living in Switzerland. He just said, Oliver, I cannot meet you. And he sat there for two weeks, sick leave from home, felt everything. He felt all the things in his relationship with his wife, with his kids, with whatever. He just did it. I'm like, wow, Jesus. And I'm just absorbing all these classes and I'm still not sitting with with it. Right? Yeah. And this is where you are comparing your journey with his. You should never do that. <laughs> and you, we have to know that we're going to understand certain things a different point in our life based on what we are ready for that's way <laughs> that's why sometimes you hear a teacher and it's like oh yeah it's great what it's saying but it doesn't really resonate with you because you are just not ready for that information and later on maybe a few years later you're gonna hear it again and maybe you're gonna hear it from a different teacher and you are in a different space and you're like, oh my God, this is like life-changing information. And it is because you are ready for it. Yeah. So not judging what you understand and what you don't and why he's doing it and I'm not and purely be like, wherever I am, it's exactly what I need. It's not what I want, but it's what I need for where I'm at right now yeah and if if this is the first interview uh you listen to if you made it that far that is i guess if it's the first interview probably were dropping out before um it's also to understand this you know this is very can be very irritating when you hear that over and over you get what you need not what you want um but now i've listened also to some near-death experiences where where people got out of the body and had contact with the matrix, with the oneness, with God, with uh, their soul family and so on and so forth. And there's so many different ways of looking at it. So some people say, yeah, there's a purpose and there's a soul family and we are meant to help each other out to grow as souls. Uh, so we're putting step stones uh, and others say, there's nothing. There's just enjoy life. Just come from love. As I said, as Jesus says, just be love be loving yourself accept yourself right don't judge yourself and all all these things are just reflections of yourself it's so weird um and and there's nothing like yeah you're in the right place blah 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 but it is it it, it's it's weird to say it's again like an energy for me it's kind of like an understanding which is hard to put in words you are everything is perfect yes i could drive a Porsche, have a really good uh, company uh, and do all these things if I would have learned the things. That's why I'm not there yet because I haven't learned them. I haven't accepted them. I haven't 
let go of them. I'm still resisting them. Learning means that you don't resist it anymore. Like one plus one is two. No, one plus one is 11. And if you resist to accept that one plus one is two, you will have problems whenever you do math <laughs> or talk with people about it, right? So that's the resisting part. So when you let go and just accept as it is, you will get to the next step. You will get the next lesson. So um, another question I just had when you said near-death experience, you, you don't remember anything. So you didn't have no. any outer body experience or any anything else. I mean, yeah, that's actually shitty. You came back with losing a lot of memory. I mean, others, yeah. I heard uh, what you normally find on the internet is they come back and they feel like a different person or they have information or they see parts of their future life or whatever, whatever. And for you, yeah. what, like, is, is that memory still gone or did it come back? The memory of the seizure or... The, the memory you lost period? during that period. No, it's still like, it's still gone. I have a lot of things in my life that I cannot recall, that I cannot remember. And it was is it so a blessing or, 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 or is it something good for you because it will hold you back or is it something? Uh, I, I didn't label it in any way. Uh, I know at the beginning <laughs> I was looking at it like, oh my God, like there, are, like I've done all these things in my life that a lot of them I cannot remember. You know, and it's it it was at times when it was frustrating, uh, but then I'm like, you know, that means I can just experience again so many things like it is for the first time, which is just gonna bring so much excitement and joy. And instead of looking, I'm like, maybe I also release and I don't remember certain things that were not helping me and were holding me back. So I'm like, I choose to look at it just with more like being neutral and being like, I I don't think it's uh it's harming me in any way, and it actually might serve me. Yeah, exactly. I just yeah, it just came up to me like 2015, and when you share, you remember 2014, your mom, you numbed yourself when you were 24. Um, the depression of being in a different culture, which is, I mean, I know Romania and I'm Swiss and I'm living in Denmark and I, I got numbed by the, the problem is between Switzerland and Denmark. It's very similar. Right. Mm -hmm. We even have the same, I mean, Alemannic base language um, and it's similar in size and wealth and all these things, but there's so much difference. So coming from Romania um, to the U S and, and again, the U S is not U S right? Living in Texas or Hawaii or Chicago or New it's York, different. it's so different people. Um, and I've not even lived there. I just have, through my network, just realized how much, just mm -hmm. by talking to people, I can feel the difference. So, and then in 2000, and then you had the near-death experience where you were two days gone, you come back with headaches and the fear for a year. But then eventually you were like, you know what? It doesn't matter. It's and did that help you? Yeah. I mean, we probably should close down. I don't know how your time thing is. For me, it's after midnight as well. There's like this this question about being in the moment, you know, everything is now. Kind of did that open up because you realize that's just the past. Past is past. It's not the now. Yeah, I would say that um, 
open up more for me with my partner in this last year where when we found out he has cancer and he has stage four um I went automatically into the worry of the future of like oh my god what is going to happen am I gonna lose him is he going to go like and just going into the future and not a great one that I was presenting to myself and just constantly living there. And then I was able with my tools and everything that I have done in these past few years that I can say it prepared me for this last year. Everything I have learned, all the healing I have done, everything, it have helped me to show up in, in my life, in his life, in the most powerful way. I brought the awareness and I'm like, I don't want to live in the future. I'm like, this is the moment I have with him right now. So I would do an exercise and I would do different exercise that I was actually teaching my clients. I was applying what I was teaching my clients on myself this past year. So I utilized a lot of those tools to help myself to be present and to be into now and not to go into the victim mode where I ask myself, why is this happening? This is not fair. Why am I going through this? Why is he going through this? I never asked those questions. My, My purpose was purely to help him with everything I humanly could and be present and give him love. Yeah, but it, it really looks like, I mean, from the outside, like these stepstones of growth and, you know, like the exam, <laughs> as hard as it sounds, right? For some people, that sounds like very, well, how can you talk that as an exam? We do not know um, why your boyfriend came here if he just came here to actually give you the lessons that you grow as a person. Um, we don't know might have been the soul of Jesus, which was your boyfriend, who knows, or Buddha, or another great being, which just came to be there for you so you can grow. Who knows? We don't know. <laughs> but it, when I listen to you, it's like you, you share it with such a lightness. Uh, so it, it doesn't feel fake. It doesn't feel like you say it because you know that's the right thing to say. You say it because you feel it. Uh, and I think that's the most important. When you really feel it from inside, oh, what the fuck happened now? Sorry, your 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 <laughs> room just started. Um, I saw it, <laughs> and I'm I'm having shivers now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there was like, let's see if it's on the video. I I will have to remember to watch that part again. It was just lightning. Yes. <laughs> it's full day. I can see the sunlight shining through your window and it was just like lightning, like yellowish orange yes. lightning going through the room. <laughs> um, don't know if that's a sign of I'm right or wrong, uh, but I'm shivering. Uh, <laughs> my, st- my hair is standing up, which it does naturally, <laughs> but... Um, so, but yeah, let, let's let's close that in with you. You talked about a lot of tools. Is there any call to action or advice to action or whatever you want to call it? People could take from this this uh, talk, you know, to be present or non-judgmental or 
self-acceptance or mm -hmm. whatever you feel like to share. Mm -hmm. And what comes for me now is really not to judge your human experience. Um, no matter what's going on in your life, to know that that's, that's like a chapter. It's a period that you go through in your life and knowing it's not going to last forever. But while you are in that chapter, how do you want to write it while you are in it? Like, who do you want to be? And that's something that really helped me last year when I had a, a session with my coach. He asked me, like, Andrea, during this journey that it's so hard and you don't know what the outcome is, like, who do you want to be during this journey? And I answered, I want to be a fucking leader. That was my answer. I want to be a fucking leader. And for me, I had to define what does it mean for me being a fucking leader? And I defined and it was showing up with integrity, showing up in a way that I know later on, I'm going to have no regrets. And I have no regrets from last year because I know I gave my 110% in everything I did in regards with him. And probably that's where the lightness comes in because I know I did above and beyond of what anyone could have done. So that makes me move forward with much more lightness because I know I'm proud of the way I showed up. And that's my purpose of helping people with, to help them show up in a way that they have no regrets of who they have been in their past during the challenging moments. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, <clears throat> when you, yeah, where intention goes, energy flows. So <clears throat> did you write it down anywhere? Uh, so you reminded yourself because sometimes it's hard when you're when you're not the leader, when you're not showing up in a certain way. Uh, now you, you have this whatever meditation or this coaching session or this journaling and you found these whatever one, two, three, four, five things what you want to be in this situation, this life yeah. situation. Like me getting out of the house and I haven't been able to get rid of the things, even though I had three months. <laughs> uh who do I want to be like I wasn't really clear right I knew I want to get rid of the toys the kids don't need uh, but I wasn't sure what it is mm -hmm. <laughs> right and then I'm asking my kids what do you want because it's their toys uh, I could have mm -hmm. so it's like I, I lacked the clear intention in this three months which I know I have to move out so of course it becomes a chaos yeah. I, I gave it away and I said the universe will take care of it. God will take care of it. The matrix will take care of it. <laughs> Whenever I felt like the things would be sold, 60% of the time they got away. Um, but what did you do? Did you write it anywhere? Did you have it on your phone? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was honestly more of a way of living. So it's I really embodied that. And the way I did that is like when I would find myself triggered because I was so triggered in this last year. Oh my gosh, like so many things were brought to the surface with him in our relationship, me dealing with this huge challenge, me putting my business on pause and everything I have done were a lot of triggers brought up to the surface. So was of like, 
okay, when I'm triggered, am I going to react based on the feelings that I'm feeling when I'm triggered? Or I'm taking a step back and I'm assessing and I'm asking myself in this moment, how do I want to show up? Who do I want to be in this moment? It's like more of like, especially when you're going through challenging times, it's really moment by moment because you are going to be very challenged. And it's moment by moment asking yourself, how do I want to show up right now? How would I feel good? Like taking a step back, doing whatever tool you can do. Like I would meditate. I would do a portal drop. I would do an anchoring. Like I have all these tools under my belt that I would utilize to be able to calm myself and not react based on the emotions I was feeling when I was triggered. And be like, okay, how do I want to show up right now? Yeah, yeah. And of course, we, we don't want to pull it too much out. So people, if you do not have the, the tools, um, one, one of the tools is definitely to focus on your breath um, if you feel triggered. And I can see also what you said. It is, if you're not used to, to live moment by moment and assess the situation, it's very hard. That's why people say journal a certain way, uh, certain questions every day until you get in a situation like that. Um, meditate every day when you feel good, because when you feel bad, it's kind of in your in your DNA, and you will it will be easier to 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 meditate. And what I found is like, especially if you are going through a challenging time, certain tools are going to work in certain moments, but sometimes it's not going to work. That's why for me, for example, it was important to have a lot of different tools under my belt. So I can be like, okay, I'm going to try tapping. Okay, this is not really doing it right now. I'm going to meditate. Uh, I can't meditate. My, my mind is too active. Then let me try this other thing. And you are like, keep reassessing, reevaluating what works for you in that moment. Because what worked yesterday might not work today. So knowing and not putting like, oh, that tool is just not good. It's more of like finding what you need in that moment and what works for you in that moment. Yeah. And, and that's why we need, or that's why coaches need coaches. Uh, yes. And um, I would say Mindvalley is definitely a platform you can use to get, to get at least in touch with a lot of tools. Um, and learn them depending on if you're uh, learning chunky like me, which is going from one course to the next. I actually want to repeat them and go deeper, but then I just go to the next. But of course, they'll build up on top of each other as well, some of them. Uh, there's definitely other places. I mean, Tim Ferriss is talking a lot about that. Tony Robbins is a good uh, platform. Yeah. And of course, Andrea Tamas is another coach you could use if you go through a transition <laughs> right um as we try to keep it there i think we went a bit left and right but we talked about your transitions with the nde uh, of losing all the memory of your transition of getting completely numb because your mom left and you didn't know how to be vulnerable um i guess with a father in romania which is not showing emotions i know that very well <laughs> um, there are some Romanian men and met which are completely different, but generally the experience I have from Romania, men don't show emotions. Mm -hmm. um, when I didn't sleep for a few nights and I exploded, my father-in-law back then looked at me like, why do you get crazy? I'm like, 
because I didn't sleep and I can't handle my emotions, like, Ugh, yeah. just get over it. Um, so I can imagine that it was very hard for you there. Then living in a culture shock, another yeah. big transition. And as I said, the NDE was basically, it feels for me like it relieved you of some memories and you said it nice. You were able now to have the same experiences because you forgot that you already did it. Like, I've never been in a, uh, what is it called? Uh, like these big wheels which turn around, like the London Eye or whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Riesenrad it's called in German, the big wheel. Uh, I know it's called different in English. Sorry, guys, it doesn't come up. I've never been in there, but probably were every year. And now you could actually enjoy it because before you had no emotions doing it. Yes. And now you would feel the excitement. Yeah. And uh, then, of course, getting into the mind valley, learning a lot of these EFT tapping, meditation, breath work, and so on and so forth, grounding. And then having this really big, challenging other transition of losing someone you really love, but you were stepping up, becoming a leader, and really applying these different tools, which just make you even stronger and you have life experience uh in the way of also experience of actually feeling these things and going through these things so you can help and understand other people and guide them and teach them and actually give those tools so if what i meant before if you don't have these tools uh, i'm sure and i can teach you a few of them <laughs> and yeah. so you can learn them and then apply them whenever you will not have the same challenges but similar challenges uh, or different versions of those challenges uh, so with that how can they find you or reach out to you yeah so you can find me on instagram is andrea thomas coaching and i'm sure oliver is gonna put some notes in the podcast yeah yeah i've, I've been taking some notes here anyway <laughs> um another way on facebook you can um reach out to me andrea thomas very simple and feel free to just like send me a message and become friends i just love connecting with people from all over the world and in october i'm gonna start traveling the world so make sure you follow me to follow my journey because i'm gonna go on a big healing journey throughout the world and i cannot wait to share it with you oh my god yeah that's on my i want to do list for years and um i move out as well but my travel i said one month but that's just like me being safe and listening to other people right <laughs> <laughs> but i also have two kids and i really want to be there for them so so yes. that's super andrea this was really great this um i know i've been talking a bit weird stuff today but it's also like 12 30 <laughs> it's the next day for me <laughs> um thank you so much and i hope we are connecting again and talk about other things and i think we managed the topic of transition i think so too thank you so much for listening and for being with us and in our energy and i cannot wait to connect with you yes and yeah your listeners you know what to do subscribe like comment share connect with us and, yes uh, yeah, I'll actually say good night or good morning, good afternoon, and bye-bye. Bye. -bye. bye.